Hi, and welcome to Vegan Energetics. This is a place where we'll be talking about everything vegan, from the health benefits to even the energy properties of certain foods that you put into your body. So without further ado, let's dive into it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So welcome back to another episode, you guys. For those of you who are new to this platform, my name is Maya. I'm a certified energy healer and a vegan nutritional health coach. In this segment, we'll be discussing the differences between a healthy vegan versus an unhealthy vegan. This is important because it really sheds some light on some instances where people, after a while, tend to revert back into eating meat and dairy. And you know what? Since you're tuning in for this conversation, I'm going to gift you all a 30% discount from an online store called LetUsEatPlant.com. They not only have fresh fashion items like t-shirts and jewelry that are, believe it or not, vegan and that represent the vegan tribe, but their work is geared towards animal rescue, specifically dogs. So the promo code for that discount is IAM underscore inspiring. That's A-Y-A-M underscore inspiring or you can just put in the code vegan underscore energetics the info on that will be in the description box of this episode so let's dive into this discussion i'll be sharing the knowledge i've accumulated throughout my journey plus i'll even include scientifically proven facts from online research let's start by painting a picture on what a well-rounded healthy vegan diet looks like the key to a well-rounded vegan diet is eating nutrient-dense foods. This includes macronutrients, such as proteins, carbs, and fats, as well as micronutrients, such as vitamins, minerals, fiber, amino acids, water, etc. You get my drift. In general, the body needs up to 40 micronutrients to be completely healthy. If you go to a vegansociety.com, they actually suggest remembering to eat foods for vitamin B12, vitamin D, iodine, the omegas, iron, protein, zinc, vitamin K, and even selenium. So with all that I just explained, can you think of any foods that are actually nutrient-dense? Well, here's something to ponder on. Nutrient-dense foods are classified and considered herbs, spices, nuts, seeds, cocoa powder, raw veggies, legumes, cooked veggies, fruits, plant fats, oils, cooked grains, cereals. So when you are figuring out how to balance all of this, just keep in mind that you should ideally want to balance out the alkaline and acidic foods within your diet. We need both. But if you're too much on one side of the spectrum, it can cause some body upsets. From an article on healthline.com, there was a study done on 100 people. Half were given a diet of mostly alkaline and the other half were given a diet of overly acidic. Studies showed that too much alkalinity 
may agitate the body's normal pH, leading to metabolic alkalosis, a condition that may produce the following symptoms. Nausea, vomiting, hand tremors, muscle twitching, tingling in the extremities or face, even confusion. And this can also be the case if there's an underactive thyroid gland. Now, let's look at what happens if there's too much acid forming foods within the diet. It can lead to chronic airway conditions like asthma, injury to the chest, obesity, stomach problems like ulcers, acne, overly discolored or irritated skin, muscle weakness in the chest, even problems with the nervous system and etc. so on and so forth. It's all about the balance, baby. So how does one know the difference between acidic versus alkaline fruits and vegetables, or foods just in general? In the book called Prescription for Nutritional Healing by Phyllis A. Bach, there's A to Z references of different foods and their properties. That includes whether they are associated as alkaline or acidic. Plus, this book also includes drug-free remedies for whatever imbalances or dis-ease within the body using vitamins, minerals, herbs, and food. I've actually had this book for many years, even before I decided to even go vegan. So I highly recommend getting this book specifically to have around the house to refer to at any given point for food-related health questions. Especially if you're first starting out your vegan transitional journey, I'm just saying. Anyways, so here's a list of some of the most alkaline forming foods. Believe it or not, lemons, which uh, you would think lemons are acidic, but they're like the unicorn of the citrus family. Alright, lemons are extremely high in alkaline minerals such as potassium, magnesium, and has the most alkalining effects on the body. And if you actually want to alkaline your water, just dabble in or squeeze in a lime or a lemon and your water will become alkaline. There's even cucumbers, which is another addition to the alkaline diet. There's also celery, avocado, spinach, garlic, kale, broccoli, non-citrus fruits, oatmeal, ginger, healthy fats. You get my drift. Now, what are some foods that are considered acidic? Citrus fruits are considered acidic, as well as tomato-based products, soft drinks, process-forming grains, red meat, and other animal proteins in dairy and eggs if you are not on a vegan diet. You can actually find out more information about this within the book called The Prescription for Nutritional Healing. You know, the one I just recommended a minute ago. It's a really good book, you guys. <laughs> now, what does an ideal, well-balanced vegan diet even look like? The first one I usually recommend as far as ideal is a raw vegan diet, which basically means uncooked fruits and veggies, raw seeds, and nuts. This preserves the nutrients within foods at their most natural and potent state. But if you're not on that bandwagon of raw fruits and veggies yet, no worries. So I'm from the Virgin Islands, so of course I'm going to be suggesting the idle food through the Rastafarian viewpoint. Yes, I. <laughs> you guys actually forgot that I had an accent, eh? <laughs> uh, are you funny? 
But anyways, from the information by eatwildgreens.com, an idle diet from the Rasa viewpoint is meant to be healthy, nourishing, and encourages life energy, life force. In its strictest form, it is an organic vegan diet that emphasizes whole plant-based foods while discouraging animal products and processed foods. Through this viewpoint, they also promote eating foods grown from the earth so that there is not a dependence on the government's and store-bought comforts. Nuts and grains are also allowed in this diet. You can actually eat brown rice and many roasted seeds which add flavor to the fruits and vegetables as well. So ideally, the best foods to even consider getting from certain places are from the farmer's market, maybe even in your own garden space, your neighborhood garden if you have one, even local farmers and so on and so forth because you are going to be helping support your local community and that is such a big deal especially nowadays where we can't necessarily depend so much on the government right so anyways the phrase idol is vital is popular amongst rastas and is a catchy summary of this concept as with other religious dietary customs, the degree to which one follows an idle diet varies from person to person. In general, other than this form of diet being vegan, it's all about the raw, the better, to be honest. Some things to incorporate in this Rasta diet. There's usually no iodized salt within this diet because this type of salt is chemically processed, but sea salt is sometimes used because it's unprocessed and it's at its natural state. There's also no processed, chemically altered, or artificial foods either. These foods are unnatural and considered harmful to the body. Minimally processed foods are encouraged and cooked and prepared simply. Within this diet, there's also no alcohol, soda, or caffeinated beverages. Alcohol is forbidden because it fogs the mind and it's destructive to the body. It is also looked down upon because of its negative impact on society. Soda and caffeine are avoided because they are deemed unhealthy for the body as well. So overall, organic food is encouraged within this Rasta diet, and the use of synthetic fertilizers, herbicides, pesticides, and other chemicals is strongly discouraged. There's also the fact that metal and plastic cookware is avoided as well. The strict Rastafarian diet uses clay or wood pots, dishes, and cutlery, in an attempt to stay close to nature. So if there's any Rastas, you know, listening to this podcast, you know, give a shout out and let me know how legit all of this information is. And let me know if there's any other additional comments that you want me to add in on the Rasta Idol diet as well. But anyways, with that said, here's an example of a popular Rastafarian dish called Idol Stew. From the site called rastaverse.com, idol stew is one of the most popular traditional Irish Jamaican Rastafari dishes out there. There's several different variations. Each recipe is slightly different, but here's a general one. The preparation for idol stew is about 20 minutes, the cook time is 35 minutes, and it's completely ready within 55 minutes. The stew ingredients involve one tablespoon of olive oil, one onion chopped, four cloves of garlic, 
a half a teaspoon of ground allspice, a half a teaspoon of dried thyme, three green onions, a fourth teaspoon of rosemary, a half a teaspoon of marjoram, a half a teaspoon of Italian seasoning, three celeries, two bay leaves, a fourth cup of Bragg's liquid amino acids, some tomato paste, two cups of coconut milk, a half a yellow plantain, two cups of water, two cups of squash or pumpkin, depending on your preference, a juice of a half a lime, two cups of taro that's chopped into bite-sized chunks, one cup of okra chopped into many different little pieces, one cup of potatoes that's chopped into a half an inch cubes, three carrots in bite-sized chunks, two cups of cabbage or collard greens, again, depending on your preference, some sea salt to taste and some pepper to taste as well, and maybe one small handful of cilantro. All right, so how to make this delicious idol stew recipe? Well, first you need to heat the olive oil in a large Dutch pot or whatever pot of your preference. Also add in the onions and cook until the onions get soft. The next step is to chop up some garlic, celery, greens, onions, thyme, rosemary, Italian seasoning, cilantro, and allspice, and just simmer that into the pot. The third step is to add in the Bragg's liquid amino acids, the tomato paste, the plantain, the squash, the taro, the okra, the potatoes, the carrots, the cabbage or collard greens, and you just stir that up and coat it with some more seasoning of your preference. And then the fourth step is to now add in the coconut milk, the lime juice, the bay leaves, and the water. And once it goes to a boil, then you reduce the heat to a simmer and then cook that for about 30 minutes or until the stew gets really thick. Once that happens, then remove the bay leaves and then finally season it with salt and pepper and maybe wait five minutes so you don't burn your face and then you can serve the meal. <laughs> so this is usually a really delicious recipe but however you can tweak it to your own liking. Let me know how your stew actually turns out if you decide to use this recipe. I'd love to hear about your comments. So now let's look at what a processed vegan diet looks like since that was the original question in the first place. <laughs> What's the difference between a healthy vegan versus an unhealthy vegan? With a processed vegan, typically is functioning on a veganized version of their previous omnivore diet. Basically, the focus is on eating mostly processed food to justify this by even saying, oh, well, you know, it's vegan, so it has to be good for you, right? That is so ridiculous, but that's okay. So some examples include vegan hot dogs, processed veggie burgers, chicken instead of chicken, pizza, chips, cookies, soda, candy. You get my drift. This also adds to the fact that there's this not consuming a colorful range of whole foods within their diet. Fast food joints are actually now promoting plant-based options, but they really need to promote healthy behavioral patterns. Not being a convenient leeway for comfort food 
and just thinking about gaining a fast profit for their own company. Some side effects of an overly processed vegan diet are actually having serious food cravings, feeling lethargic, feeling foggy or spacey, digestive problems, ungroundedness, mood imbalances, feeling of weakness, and so on. And I'm telling you this so that way you guys can be aware of, you know, how you feel. Like, be mindful of what you eat and, and just check in with yourself to see how you feel when you eat certain things. And then adjust according to your body. And to be fair, in my opinion, I think this right here, as far as, you know, this processed vegan diet is one of the key factors why some people revert back into eating an omnivore diet. Feeling like this form of lifestyle doesn't sustain their health needs and keeps them fuller longer, like their previous diet. Again, this is just my opinion, just take what resonates. I don't think everyone who reverts back to, a, to an omnivore diet is thinking this way, but I do feel like this is one of the main factors. This also includes not doing the proper research and including the certain amount of vitamins and minerals your body specifically needs to function at its most optimal state. Plus, also remember, it takes time for your body to fully adjust to the new lifestyle, roughly three to six months, give or take. It all depends on the person. I know for me, it took about a year for my body to fully adjust and for my acne to completely clear. So keep that in mind when you're committing to making the switch Patience is key, and then your patience and diligence to this process will pay off. So what I'm practically saying is this, start promoting whole foods like fruits, veggies, seeds, nuts, and so on, and less processed foods. Start reading labels of things that you're putting into your cart for purchase, organic all the way. Start buying from local farmers and stay clear as best you can from chemical-based products like heavy doses of pesticide and so on and so forth. Do your research and really cultivate your discernment when you see other people like celebrities switching back to an omnivore diet. Well, hmm, I think we covered a lot today. So what did you learn overall? Let's start by listing the bullet points. You learn the difference between a healthy vegan versus an unhealthy vegan. Alkaline versus acidic foods. You learned examples of super healthy forms of a vegan lifestyle. You even learned a Rastafarian recipe from idle food. Plus, you uncovered why some people revert back into eating meat and dairy from initially being on a plant-based lifestyle journey. Alright, well that's all for now, we'll just leave that there. Thank you for tuning in for this episode. If you enjoyed it, then please share this with others who might resonate with this information. Spread the word. Also, join the tribe officially by subscribing to the podcast in order to receive new videos that come out once a week on Saturdays. Oh, and also follow the official Instagram page. And if you have any topic questions related to veganism, feel free to message me there or email them at iam.inspiring at gmail.com. That's A-Y-A-M dot inspiring at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, iaminspiring.com, to see different projects I'm creating and also see different healing modalities I offer. You can always message me there too. 
Alright, so take care and see you in the next episode. Signing off.